Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, well we're there in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. And as we talked about, we're continuing our series on character. And you may be wondering, you know, you're thinking, what, what do you mean by character? And I think I've said it every sermon so far, but I want to keep saying it just to remind you. Character, we talked about the very first uh, sermon in this series. Character, when we're talking about developing character or having character. Character is self-control. Character is self-denial. Character is self-discipline. And every area that you are successful in life, whether it's financially, whether it's your family, whether it's your health, whether it's whatever it is, if you are successful at it, if it's your job, if it's your career, if you're successful at it, it's because you've developed a character about you that allows you to control yourself and deny yourself when you need to deny yourself and discipline yourself when you need to discipline yourself. But we've been going through and teaching on different subjects of character And I want to talk to you tonight about the subject of character and work ethic. Now, if there's an area in your life that requires character more than any other area, it's probably the area of your work ethic. And I want you to understand a few things. If you're taking notes tonight, uh, you can write these points down. Number one, you need to understand this. God has commanded all to work. God has commanded everyone to develop a work ethic in their life. Are you there? You're there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? Look at verse number 11. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 11. The Apostle Paul said, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he said, and that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business. Now notice what he says here. And to work with your own hands. Do you see that? He said, look, I want you to work with your own hands. Now, don't miss this, the last four words of that verse there. He says, as we commanded you. You see that? Now, I want you to understand something. Work is not an option. Work is a command. God has commanded us. He said, look, as we commanded you, verse 12, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may lack, have lack of nothing. Go to 2 Thessalonians. You're there in 1 Thessalonians. Go to 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 3. Look at verse number 10. 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 3, and verse number 10. 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 3. And verse number 10, the Bible says, for even when we were with you, notice what Paul says, this we commanded you, okay? So he's again telling you, look, I told you, this is not an option, this is not something that I'd like you to do, this is something I'm commanding you to do, this is something I'm ordering to you, what is it? That if any would not work, neither should he eat. I will say, look, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Verse 11, For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Look at verse 12. Now them that are such, we command. Look, does it sound like it's an option? He says, look, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they, what? Work. And eat their own bread. You've got to understand this. God has commanded all to work. Go back to, keep your finger there in 2 Thessalonians 3. Go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. You say, why has God commanded all to work? Here's why He commands us to work. Because work is how you earn your keep. Work is what allows you to be able to live. Are you there? You're back in 1 Thessalonians 4. Look at verse 11 again. And that you study to be quiet, to do your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you, verse 12, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without. Look, we, we saw it a little bit ago, but I want you to see it again. That ye may have lack of nothing. You see that? God says, I want you to work. Why? That I'm just I'm commanding you to work. Why? That ye may have lack of nothing. And by the way, if you have a lack of something, it's probably because of a lack of work. You say, I'm lacking this, I'm lacking that, I'd like this, I'd like that. You know how you can get that? Through work, diligent work. Go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're just there a second ago. Look at verse 10. Work, why are you commanded to work? Because work is how you earn your key. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Look at verse number 10. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Verse number 10. The Bible says, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, look what it says, neither should he eat. So how, why, how do you get the right to eat? By working. Verse 11. 
For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Verse 12. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness they work, look what it says, that they work, and then what do you get to do? And eat their own bread. Do you see that? Now let me just define something for you. What is meant by the word work? Because some of you, you know, you've already tuned me out because you say, well, I can't go get a job. When I use the word work, I'm not necessarily talking about a job. You understand the difference? By work, we're not necessarily talking about you, you know, going and getting a job at Dairy Queen or something, okay? Work, now work is a job. And maybe if you need a job, then go get a job, okay? But when we say, you know, God has commanded all to work... I'm not saying that God has commanded all to get a job. In fact, I would argue that there are some people that God has commanded to not get a job. I mean, the Bible says, I will that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give not occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. God said that His will for a young woman is to get married, have children, guide her house. I don't see a career in that. So when we say that everyone should work, we're not saying everyone should get a job. If you have a job, you should work hard at that job. But you know what? If you run a business, don't go get a job. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? And by the way, if you run a business, don't work in your business. Work on your business. And that's a whole, that's something for another else. Here's what I'm trying to say. Everyone should work whether they have a job or not. Every child should be taught to work. Do you understand that? I'm not saying tell your 11-year-old to go get a job. But I am saying that your 11-year-old and your 8-year-old and your 7-year-old and your, and your 14-year-old and your 17-year-old ought to be made and forced to work. Everyone should work. If you are a mom, you stay at home. Praise the Lord for it. I'm not belittling that. I'm not, but I'm telling you this. You stay at home. You better be working. You have a job. You better be working. You're a child, you say, well, you, you know, my, I, I'm a child, what's my job? Your job is to go to school? Then you better work at school. That's right. Everyone needs to work. I'm not saying go get a job. Look, if you are just financially independent, you say, Pastor Jimenez, I've got enough money to where I, I could not work for the rest of my life, or I could not get, earn income for the rest of my life, and I'm totally fine. Hey, if you're in that position, praise the Lord for it. But guess what? If you are in a position where you do not need to earn income, you should still get up every day and work. Because God has commanded all to work. If you, you say, well, I don't, I don't need a job. I'm not talking about a job. I'm talking about work. And guess what? If you've got millions... And you say, well, I don't need to go get a job. Then then you have a whole lot of time where you can then work on things that actually do matter, like the work in the ministry. What I'm trying to say is this. God has commanded all to work, and I'm not necessarily talking about a job. Hey, Pastor Jimenez, I I won the the lottery. I've got, you know, $36 billion now. Hey, um, I need to have a talk with you. (laughs) You know, praise the Lord for it. Look, if you've got $36 billion in the bank, I'm not going to tell you to go get a job somewhere and work for 40 hours a week. But I'm going to tell you that you should get up every day and work. Now, you got to understand this. Not only has God commanded us to work, not only, look, has, is, is work the way you earn your keep. Look, I, I feed my kids every day. You know, we, we feed them, we clothe them, we house them. You say, they're your children. I love them, but you know what? They're expected to work. And by the way, you need to teach your kids to develop a work ethic. The reason we've got a whole lot of adults today that don't know how to roll up their sleeves and get to work is because they were babied their whole lives by a bunch of parents that just want to sit them in front of the television and let them play video games all day. And then that same child grows up and guess what they do all day? They sit in front of the computer and they're on Facebook all day. So are you against Facebook? Yes, I am. But that's anyway, that's something else. Uh, All I'm trying to say is this. You ought to get to work. Now, let me, let me make this clear, okay? And I'm not. If you're on Facebook, I'm just kidding. I don't hate you. Second uh, Thessalonians. Look at chapter 3. Look at verse 11. Second Thessalonians, chapter 3, verse 11. Okay? I do want to make this clear. Second Thessalonians 3, 11. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly. Now, look what Paul says. Working not at all, but are busybodies. Okay? Let me make this clear. God commanded all to work. When I say work, I'm not necessarily talking about a job. But I'm talking about getting up every day and having a purpose. Okay? But it is wrong to simply not work. It is a sin to simply not work. If you just every day just get up and have nothing to do, just days on end, just sitting on your couch, surfing the internet, watching TV, you are in sin, my friend. 
It is wrong. It is a sin. It is not right to not work. And by the way, I'm about to make a statement, and this is probably going to be real controversial, but guess what? You're a very Baptist church, so what's new? <laughs> but you know what? But if you listen to what I'm going to say, I, th- I think you would, you would agree with what I'm saying. This is the problem with the American welfare mentality. Now listen to me very carefully. I am not against you if you need help for a period of time. You say, Pastor Mattis, I'm on government assistance and, and I need help. I'm not against you if that's your situation. I mean, if that's where you're at, we just praise the Lord that you're in a country that provides that. It's your right to get that. Praise the Lord for it. And if you are working hard and you're just saying, you say, I'm struggling, Pastor Mattis, you know, whether we agree with it politically or not, I'm going to tell you. If you, you say, Pastor Mattis, I'm getting up every day. I'm trying to work. I'm trying to better my life. But you know what? The government's helping me with this. Or the government's helping me with that. Look, I, I listen to me. I am not against you. You understand that? Okay? But I will tell you what I am against. A sector of society... That is not on government for assistance. They have made government assistance their career. There is a sector of our society that is not that I'm struggling and I'm trying to get better and I'm just needing a little bit of help here and the government's helping me with my groceries or helping with my rent, but I'm trying to become a productive member of society. I just had a bad situation. I just went through a storm. Do we understand that we go through storms? I, I get that. But I'm telling you, there is a sector of our society that is not, there's no goal of getting off the assistance. There's no, you know, one day I'm going to get a job and one day I'm going to get a career. I mean, they are just, their job, their career is I'm going to live off the government for the rest of my life. I'm going to stay home and do nothing. And those people are wrong. And those same people, you, you, you think I'm lying to you? It is the truth. Those same people are teaching their children. As soon as you're 18 years old, just get on the government. Don't go get a job. Why waste your time working when you just live off? And let me tell you something. If you're living off the government, you know who you're actually living off? Everyone that's working. Because we're paying taxes. You say, I don't think you should be talking about this. It's true. And it's wrong. You say, well, Pastor Reddit, I'm working. I'm trying to get off it. Praise the Lord for it. I want to high five you. I'm proud of you. I'm glad for you. But if you say, you know, I've just been off living off the government for the last 12 years and I've got no plans of getting off, you need to get right with God. Because it is wrong not to work. Now, please listen to me. I've I, I got to make all these disclaimers because I get all these emails, people complaining. If you're, you say, I'm on Social Security because I retired. I'm not talking about you, okay? <laughs> you're retired. You get your money. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the 28-year-old guy that spends his whole day, you know, playing basketball. He's got all these tattoos. He's all blood, but he can't find a job. Go get a job. It's wrong to not work. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. We said, number one, God has commanded all to work. Number two, let me give you a Christian's philosophy of work. Again, I want to make this clear. And if you're listening to this on the internet, just, let me just give you a hint, okay? When you write me a 12-page email, I don't read it. <laughs> I don't read it. When you send me the 24-page letter about what's wrong with after the tribulation, I don't read it. I'm just talking to those of you that like to do that on the internet. I don't read it. It goes in the trash, okay? Why don't you go get a job? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse 5. Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse 5. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. Ephesians 6, 5. You know what I like about the nice emails? They're short. Pastor Mans, I want to let you know your sermon's been a blessing. Hey, praise God, I read those. Ephesians 6, 5. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart, as unto Christ. Here, the Apostle Paul is teaching us that a servant, and we could use the analogy of someone who's working, should be obedient to them that are their masters. Okay, now we know that Jesus is your master. But he's talking about your masters according to the flesh. He's talking about your boss. He says that you should serve them with fear, trembling, singleness of heart. Now make note of this phrase. As unto Christ. Look at verse 6. Not with eye service, as men pleasers, but, notice what it says here, as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service, make note of this phrase, as to the Lord. Now make note of this, and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. I want you to understand this, okay? The Bible teaches Christians that when you work, whatever it is, whether it's your job, whether it's volunteer, whether it's raising children, whatever it is that you work, 
You ought to do it as unto the Lord. Here's what you need to understand. When you go to work every day, you, you, know, you say, I've got my boss here. You don't work for your boss, you work for Jesus Christ. Right. You understand that? Amen. You ought to work for your boss, or you ought to do whatever it is you do. You, ought, you know, as, as a pastor of this church, I work for the ministry of Verity Baptist Church. But guess what? I don't have anybody telling me what time you need to get up, what time my sermon needs to be written, what time I need to make visits. But I ought to work as unto the Lord, and so should you. Amen. It doesn't matter if you, work, if you work in a church or you work out in the secular world. Whatever you do for work every day, you ought to do it as to God, as unto the Lord, Amen. as to Christ, as, as if you are working directly for God. Go to Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3. Look at verse number 22. Colossians chapter number 3. Verse number 22. Colossians chapter number 3. Verse number 22. Colossians chapter number 3. Verse 22. Colossians 3.22. The Bible says, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Verse 23. And whatsoever ye do. Whatever you do. Doesn't matter what it is. Do it heartily. As to the Lord, and not unto men. You ought not work because your boss is watching you. Because you know who's watching you all the time? God. The, the Christian's philosophy of work is to work as unto the Lord. Now let me just give you a few guidelines of working. Okay, If you're going to work as if Jesus Christ is your boss. Look, I, it doesn't matter what you do. Whatever you do in the secular world. Whatever it is. You ought to do it as if you're doing it directly for Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, if you are working for Jesus Christ, here's how you should work. Let me just give you a few practical things. Number one, work, and this is more this is for everybody, but more if you if you if you have a secular job you work at. Number one, work the whole time you're at work. When you are at work, you are being paid to work. You're not being paid to sit around and talk to the co-workers. You're not being paid to take an extra break and go down to the Starbucks. You're not being paid to, to, to surf the internet. Do you understand what I'm saying? If, if you're being paid from this hour to this hour, this amount of money to get a job done, then you know what you should be doing. You ought to be working while you're working. Most people go to work and, and, and they only actually work about 50% of the time they're actually at work. And let me tell you something. That is stealing. To take a paycheck from an employer for eight hours worth of work when you only actually work six hours, you are stealing from your employer. Would you do that for Jesus Christ? Well, if you wouldn't do it for Jesus Christ, then you shouldn't do it at all. Work the whole time you're at work. Just keep telling yourself. You need to just remind yourself all the time. Just, just tell yourself, get back to work. Get back to work. Get back to work. If you're being paid to work, you ought to work. Work the whole time you're at work. You know, I, I, I heard this. I read this in a book and I thought this was really good. Those of you that go to work somewhere, especially you got a boss or something like that, you ought to imagine that there is a secret survey being taken. You ought to imagine that there's a third, you know, I heard this, I thought it was really great. If you could get this in your mind, I mean, I think it would make you a real productive worker. You ought to imagine that there is a, a, a third party organization coming to your job, and they're going to give a, a piece of paper to every employee, and, and they're going to task everybody to write, they're going to write the names of every employee, and they are going to put them in order, okay? From the hardest working person at the job to the laziest one, okay? And then they're going to take that list, and they're going to use that list to be able to choose those who are going to get promoted or who are going to get raises, just, you got to imagine that that, sir, you say, Pastor Vance, there is no way that my company is coming in and having a third party person come in and take a survey to survey who is the hardest working person and who is the laziest person, and then they're going to use that list to promote with, you know, and give raises, okay? Here's what you got to understand. That survey is actually being taken in secret. You don't think your boss knows who's the hardest working person? You don't think your boss knows who shows up late every day? You don't think your boss knows who takes an extra five minutes at lunch every day? You don't think your boss knows who's constantly taking an extra five minutes here, five minutes there at break? You don't think your your boss knows exactly who the hardest working person is and who the laziest person is. And guess what? They're going to promote based on who works the hardest. You got to work the whole time you're at work. Let me give you this rules for witnessing at work. You know that you got to witness to your co-workers? You know that your co-workers are people too and they're going to spend eternity somewhere in heaven or hell? You ought to witness to them. Let me give you a few rules, okay? Because I know a lot of Christians like to get 
uh, real spiritual about getting out of work. You ought to witness at work to your co-workers. But let me just give you a few things, okay? Number one, you should give the gospel to your co-workers. It's the right thing to do. Number two, you should not give the gospel to your co-workers while you're being paid to work. You understand that? Say, Pastor Menace, I was at work. I'm doing my job. And I struck up a conversation with my co-worker over here. And he said he wanted to know how to be saved. So I stopped doing my work. I took an hour and gave him the gospel and he got saved. Isn't that the greatest thing in the world? No, it's not. If you're getting paid to work, you should work. Do you understand that? You say, well, should I give the gospel to my co-workers? Give the gospel to your co-workers on your lunch break. Give the gospel to your co-workers on your break. Give the gospel to your co-workers before work, after work, on your time. But it is wrong for you to do anything other than work while you're being paid to work, even to give the gospel. Do you understand that? We, we as Christians, we like to spiritualize it. Well, no, it's okay. Boss, I, it's okay. I know I was 35 minutes late, but I was giving the gospel to someone at the, you know... At the McDonald's. No, you're paid to work. Get to work. It's wrong for you to give the gospel. Now look, if you can do it on the lunch break, if you can do it after work, if you can do it, or if, if you, you know, you say, Pastor Reddit, I have a job where I work with someone and I can continue working and talk to them, then praise the Lord for it. But if you've got to stop working to give someone the gospel, you should keep working. Because you're getting paid to work. Work the whole time you're at work. Okay, uh, go to Proverbs chapter 6. Let me give you some characteristics of a hard worker. Proverbs chapter number 6. Proverbs in the Old Testament. Proverbs chapter number 6. We're talking about character and work ethic. Developing character and work ethic. Proverbs chapter number 6. Proverbs chapter number 6. Look at verse number 6. Proverbs chapter number 6. Verse number 6. Proverbs chapter number 6. Verse 6. Nobody likes it whenever I preach about work. That's why I like to preach about work. Proverbs chapter 6. Look at verse 6. Proverbs 6.6, 6, the Bible says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard. You know what a sluggard is? Lazy. I mean, you want to be called a slug? That's not who you want to be. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her way, and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provided their meat in the summer, and gathered their food in the harvest. Let me give you some characteristics of a hard worker. Number one, a hard worker does not have to be supervised. A hard worker does not have to be micromanaged. If you're the type of person who's working real hard when the boss is watching, but as soon as the boss walks out of the room, you're like, this. you're not a hard worker. In fact, you know what you are is lazy. Because a hard worker is not motivated. They're not a man pleaser. They're working as unto the Lord. And we learned that lesson from the ant. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Which having no guide... Overseer or ruler, there's no management, there's no HR telling the ant to go work. They just do it. Provided their meat in the summer and gather their food in the harvest. You want to be a hard worker? Number one, a hard worker does not have to be supervised. And if you're the type of person that constantly needs to be supervised, then I'll let you know that you're not a hard worker, you're lazy, you should work on that. Number two, Proverbs chapter 6, look at verse 9. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? Does a sluggard sound like a, just this is a guy? I mean, just a sluggard, yeah, that's an animal. I mean, that guy just gets, gets to work. No. A sluggard, a slug, a sloth, those are not words you want to be called at your job, okay? If, you're, if you're, you know, your, your boss gives you a review and in big red word letters, you know, above your review it says sluggard, that's not a good thing. They're not giving you a compliment. Romans, uh, no, I'm sorry, Proverbs 6 9. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? Well, when will thou arise out of thy sleep? Now notice what it says here. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. A hard worker does not sleep a lot. A hard worker does not sleep a lot. Proverbs 19, look at verse 15. Proverbs 19, verse 15. Proverbs 19, verse 15. Proverbs 19, verse 15. Slothfulness. Does a sloth sound like a hard working person? Slothfulness casteth into a deep sleep, and an idle soul shall suffer hunger. Go to Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26. I said number one, a hard worker does not have to be supervised. Number two, a hard worker does not sleep a lot. I, I know people don't like to hear this type of preaching, but it's character. I mean, what do you expect, okay? Let me tell you something. If you sleep a lot, you're lazy. You need to quit doing it. You need to learn to get up early. You need to be a hard worker. And by the way, I'm getting a little ahead of my sermon. But the people that are poor are usually, they're usually poor because they, they sleep a lot. 
You don't believe me? Go knock on the doors with me. You know, let's go into these poor ghetto neighborhoods where everybody's just, you know, broke. And, and, you know, they say, well, it's because, it's because, you know, of my upbringing. No, it's because when I knock on your door at 11.30 a.m., they're like, dude, I just woke up. It's like, it's 11.30. The sun's been up for like six hours. I mean, some, some of you didn't realize that the sun actually comes up gradually. You gotta, you, gotta, some, you gotta try getting up before the sun someday. And I help you. Proverbs 26, look at verse 14. Proverbs 26, verse 14. As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. You say, Pastor, I, I, I struggle to sleep. It's hard for me to get to sleep. You know, you may struggle with sleep because you're not working hard enough. As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. I can't sleep all night. Now, please, please, understand. I'm up here preaching a generic sermon to a big crowd. I, I, it, just, I, it gets really annoying. You know, if you're going to send me your note or whatever, and I'm not talking to you people, I'm talking to the internet right now. If you're going to send me your note about your, your you know, I, if you've got a sleeping disorder, I'm not talking to you, okay? <laughs> Good night. But if, you, if you're just perfectly healthy, and you say, I just have trouble sleeping, it's probably because you're not working hard enough. I mean, do you see the verse, Proverbs 26, 14? As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. If you, I promise you, if you get up and work hard every day, you're not going to have any trouble going to sleep at night. Amen. Go to Proverbs 10, look at verse 26. Proverbs 10, verse 26. We said, number one, a hard worker does not have to be supervised. Number two, a hard worker does not sleep a lot. Number three, a hard worker can be counted on. A hard worker can be counted on. Proverbs 10.26 As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes. Does having smoke in your eyes, is that like a, a, a nice thing? Nice feeling? As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so, meaning in the same way, is the sluggard to them that sent him. If you are someone that cannot be counted on, it's probably because you're lazy and you need to get right with God. Because hard workers are people that you can count on. You ever just have someone, you, you know, they're like, I'm going to do this, and you just can't count on them to do that. It's like, you might as well just do it yourself because you know it's probably not going to get done. I mean, the likelihood, you know, you got to gotta have the reputation at your job. You got to have the reputation in life that when you take on a responsibility and you take on a commitment, it's as good as done. But you know what? That's not the character that's being raised in children today. Today everyone wants to give you an excuse why they can't get something done. A hard worker just gets it done. Now I understand from time to time it's going to be out of our control. We get that. But you ought to live your life in a way where you can just be counted on. You say, I'm going to do this at this time. I will be here. I will get it done. Pastor, don't worry about it. Boss, don't worry about it. You know, uh, a spouse, don't worry about it. It will get done. You ought to just have the reputation of someone that's going to get it done. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is a sluggard to them that send him. If you're just that person and you're like, well, I tried to do it, but I know I just saw a strike of time and I did this and I did that. Look, I'm just trying to tell you, you're going to develop the reputation of being someone who's lazy. Proverbs 12, look at verse 27. Proverbs 12, verse 27. Proverbs 12, verse 27. I said, number one, a hard worker does not have to be supervised. I said, number two, a hard worker does not have to sleep a lot. I said, number three, a hard worker can be counted on. Number four, a hard worker is not a waster. A hard worker is not a waster. Proverbs 12, 27. The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. That's a great verse. The slothful man roasted not that which he took in hunting. Could you imagine going out, taking the time to hunt an animal, and then being too lazy to cook it and let it go to waste? That's what a slothful man does. Now, now look at the last part of, uh, 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 of the verse there. But the substance of a diligent man. You know what the word diligent means? Hard worker. The substance of a diligent man is precious. See, someone who works hard doesn't waste. You know why, you know why kids leave the lights on? Do you guys have that problem or is that just my house? You know, where kids are just like, they have lights on everywhere. It's like my children go into the refrigerator and just leave the door, the refrigerator door open. It's like, are you trying to cool the whole house? It's not an air conditioner, okay? It's a refrigerator. You know, the lights are on, the doors are open, but who's, who's constantly walking around just like turning the lights off, closing the refrigerator? Who is it? Mom and dad. You know why? Because they're the ones paying the bills. You understand that? You know why kids don't care? Because they're not paying the bills. Now, they need to be taught to care. You understand that? And then all kids are like that. But I'm telling you this. 
People are just like, oh, no big deal. Oh, no problem. Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it's just, that got wasted. No big deal. If, if, the Bible says that the substance of a diligent man is precious. Because when you work hard for something, you want to take care of it. And when you work hard for money, and it costs you, you know, you, you have to go out and you have to work, and you got to do a lot to get that money, you don't want to just see it wasted. But you know when you don't care? When it's just like, the government's giving it to me. No big deal. Easy come, easy go. But if you work hard for it, guess what? Now it's important. Go to Proverbs 18, look at verse 9. Proverbs 18, verse 9. Proverbs 18. You say, Pastor Ben, I don't like this sermon. Look, we're giving you cake and ice cream after the service, okay? It's okay. <laughs> Proverbs 18, verse 9. That'll sweeten it up. Proverbs 18, verse 9. Every time I come to Mary Baptist Church, I get a negative sermon. Proverbs 18, verse 9. I gave my positive sermon for the month this morning. Proverbs 18, verse 9. We're good for another month, alright? Proverbs 18, verse 9. Proverbs 18, 9. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great, what? Waster. Now the Bible's consistent. Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. Step number one, a hard worker does not have to be supervised. Number two, a hard worker does not sleep a lot. Number three, a hard worker can be counted on. Number four, a hard worker is not a waster. Number five, a hard worker makes things happen. Proverbs 15. Look at verse 19. Proverbs 15, 19. Now, you've got to look at these four verses, okay? And we'll look at them separately and then we'll look at them in context. Proverbs 15, 19. The way of the slothful... That's a lazy. Man is in hedge of thorns. Okay? So the way that a lazy person goes, the, 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 the path that they're going, it's like a hedge. It's like they've, they've got a, a, a fence with barbed wire. It's a hedge of thorns. But, but, the way of the righteous man, uh, of the righteous, is made plain. Okay? So the slothful guy, he walks down the road and he's got all these fences and these barbed wire. But the righteous man, his way is plain. Okay? Go to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20. Look at verse 4. Proverbs chapter 20. Verse 4. Proverbs chapter 20. Verse 4. Proverbs 20. Verse 4. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. And by the way, therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. But the sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Go to Proverbs 22. Look at verse 13. Proverbs 22, verse 13. Proverbs 22, verse 13. The slothful man saith, there is a lion without. I shall be slain in the street. The slothful man saith, there is a lion without. I shall be slain in the street. Proverbs 26, look at verse 13. Proverbs 26, same verse, different reference. Proverbs 26, 13. Proverbs 26, 13. The slothful man saith, there is a lion in the way. A lion is in the street. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. The Bible teaches that the slothful man, his way is a hedge of thorns. The sluggard will not plow. He's got a good reason. It's cold outside. The, the slothful man says... I can't get to work. Why? Because there's a line without. The slothful man says, I can't go out and accomplish something. Why? Because there's a line. I'm just here to tell you, the slothful, lazy person always has an excuse. Why didn't you get it done? It was too cold. Why didn't you get it done? There was a, there was a hedge with thorns. Why didn't you get it done? Well, there was a line in the street. I just couldn't go do it. Now, look, have you ever gone out... And there's just a line in the street that kept you from getting to work. I mean, you might want to stick with the dog ate my homework. You know what I mean? Here's what I'm going to say. Look, I understand. There are times when things happen out of our control. And you've got to be able to say, I could not accomplish the task. Okay? But if you're constantly the person who's giving an excuse as to why you couldn't get something done... It may just be that you find things very difficult to do because you're lazy. Say, well, how do hard workers get hard things done? It's hard. (laughs) They get it done. A hard worker makes things happen. Go to Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. The best three minutes, I don't like... Look, I'm not trying to... Look, I'm preaching on character. I mean, what do you expect? That's work ethic. I'm not against you. I'm all for you. Proverbs 13. Look at verse 4. We're, talk, we're kind of talking about the same thing. A hard worker accomplishes their goal. Proverbs 13, verse 4. The soul of the sluggard desire it. Lazy people, they want a lot. And have nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. 
See, the, the, the hardworking person doesn't just want something. They want something and then they do the things that they need to do to get it. The lazy person wants something, but then doesn't do the things they need to do to get it. They desire, but they have. The Bible says, the soul of a sluggard desire it and have nothing. But the soul of diligence shall be made fat. Proverbs 21, verse 25. Proverbs 21, verse 25. Proverbs 21, verse 25. Proverbs 21, 25 says, The desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. Man, I, I, I want so much, it's just killing me. I'd love to just have this house and this car and these clothes. But you can't get to work, that's the problem. Go to Proverbs 12, look at verse 24. Proverbs 12, verse 24. Proverbs 12, verse 24. Proverbs 12, verse 24. Proverbs 12, 24. The hand of the diligent shall. You see the word shall there? Doesn't say might. Doesn't say hopefully. This is God telling you this is a promise. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. But the slothful, the lazy, shall be under tribute. You know what it means under, to be under tribute? To, to be under the authority of someone. Okay, the diligent bear rule, the diligent are in charge, the diligent are the ones ruling, and the slothful are underneath those people. You've got to understand this. A hard worker will get promoted. A hard worker will get promoted. Look, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but if you're at the job, and everybody's, you know, everybody's getting promoted, except you... <coughs> I mean, people that came in after you are getting promoted. The guy that doesn't speak English is getting promoted ahead of you. Okay? There's a problem there. It's that secret survey we were talking about. You might have a problem with laziness. You ought to get to work. Because hard workers always get promoted. And people always have this excuse. They say, well, back to minutes. You don't understand. My boss, you know, he's a racist. Or my boss is, uh, discriminates against this. Or my boss, look, let me tell you something. If you work hard and your boss doesn't want to promote you, I promise you there's another boss somewhere that would be happy to pay you more to do a good job. If you work hard, it will happen. That's a promise from God. Remember the story of Joseph? Why was it that wherever Joseph went, he got promoted? He got sold into slavery. And he got promoted above all the slaves. He got lied about, got thrown in prison, and they put him in charge of all, the, of all the prisoners. And then what? He was the second in command in Egypt. Because I'm here to tell you, someone that just rolls up their sleeves and goes to work will get promoted wherever they go. True. But see, our Sesame Street, Barney and Friends society, that everybody's good, no child left behind, doesn't matter how lazy you are, everybody... See, people don't want to hear this type of preaching. They want to go to the, you know, they want to go to the baseball little league where everybody gets a trophy. I'm not against you if everybody gets a trophy, but I'm here to tell you that, look, you, you get promoted based on work. Get raises based on work. And the Bible teaches that hard workers will get promoted. Proverbs 24, look at verse 30. Proverbs 24, verse 30. I'm not mad. People say, are you, are you mad when you're preaching? I'm not mad, I'm just preaching. Proverbs 24, verse 30. If you want to apply this to your life, it'll revolutionize your life. If you want to ignore it, that's up to you. Proverbs 24, verse 30. Proverbs 24, verse 30. Doesn't bother me a bit. I love you and I'm praying for you either way. Proverbs 24, verse 30. Proverbs 24, verse 30. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. Now look, this one hurts me. Alright? I'll tell you, sometimes it even, it even hurts me. i got to be honest with you. Okay? A hard worker takes good care of their stuff. A hard worker takes good care of their stuff. Solomon said, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding and lo, it was all grown over with thorns. And the nettles had covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. You see these houses, they're just in decay. No one's taking care of them. Probably a lazy person lives there. Because hardworking people take care of their stuff. Hardworking people clean up. Hardworking people maintain. Look, I'm telling you, I- I'm preaching to myself. If you see my backyard, good night. That's Brother Johnny. <laughs> Johnny helped me with my backyard recently. I mean, look, I, I struggle with some of this stuff too. But my front yard, at least, the, 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 you know, it's mowed. <laughs> okay, I'm working on it too. Proverbs 6, look at verse 9. Proverbs 6, verse 9. Proverbs 6, verse 9. Proverbs 6, verse 9. Proverbs 6, verse 9. We said, number one, a hard worker does not have to be supervised. We said, number two, a hard worker does not sleep a lot. We said, number three, a hard worker can be counted on. We said, number four, a hard worker is not a waster. We said, number five, a hard worker makes things happen. We said, number six, a hard worker accomplishes their goals. Number seven, a hard worker will
will get promoted. Number eight, a hard worker takes good care of their stuff. Number nine, a hard worker, you may want to perk up for this one. This is a promise from God. A hard worker will not be poor. Are you there in Proverbs chapter six? Look at verse nine. Say, Pastor Menace, I'm poor. If you're poor, I'm not calling you, I'm not calling you lazy. I'm just saying that if you work hard throughout a lifetime, you will not struggle financially. Proverbs six, verse nine. How long will thou sleep, thou sluggard? Oh sluggard? When will thou arise on thy sleep? Yeah, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding thy hands to sleep. Now look what it says here. God says, you want to sleep all day long, that's fine. Verse 11. So shall thy poverty. Poverty is talking about being poor. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. The Bible says, you want to sleep all day, that's fine. But you're going to be poor. That's what the Bible says. I didn't say, I didn't sneak around and write that in your verse. That's what God said. Proverbs 12, look at verse 11. Proverbs 12, verse 11. Proverbs 12, verse 11. He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread. But he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. Okay. He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread. God says, you get to work, you're going to eat. You get to work, you're going to be fed. Proverbs 14, verse 23. Proverbs 14, verse 23. The Bible says the hand of the diligent maketh rich. And we have not had this goal to be just be rich and be, the love of money is the root of all evil. We understand that. But the Bible says it. Proverbs 14, verse 23. Proverbs 14, verse 23. In all. You see that word there? All. In all labor there is profit. Amen. But the talk of the lips tendeth only to funerary. The Bible says, look, it doesn't matter what you do. You just work. There's profit. Some people say to me, like, well, the only job I can find is this job, and for some weird reason, it's not worth me working in. I tell people, look, I don't care if you I don't care if you owe money to the IRS and they're taking all the money away out of the paycheck. You just go work, because to all labor, there is profit. Even if you don't get paid, there's profit to just getting up and working every day. Even if you say, Well, if I go do this, I'm not gonna make enough money to but look, but look, there is no profit in just staying home and accomplishing nothing all day. And all it will do is it'll make you be lazier and lazier. Laziness begets laziness. You say you say, Pastor Man, I'm gonna get up every day, I'm gonna go to work, I'm gonna make absolutely no money. Hey, praise the Lord for it, because in all labor there is profit, the Bible says. There is something to be gained in all work. A hard worker will always profit. Go to Proverbs 16, verse 26. Proverbs 16, verse 26. Proverbs 16, verse 26. Proverbs 16, verse 26. Proverbs 16, verse 26 says, He that laboreth, laboreth for himself, for his mouth, craveth it of him. Craveth it of him. He that laboreth, laboreth for himself. Look, if you get to work, it's going to benefit you. Go to Genesis 31. Genesis 31. Genesis 31. I want to give you this example. Remember Jacob in the Old Testament? Remember you had Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Okay, Abraham was a very rich man. Abraham was a very hard worker, worked very hard, made a lot of money. God used him, by the way. You shouldn't, you should, you know, name Abraham in the Bible. He's the patriarch. He's the one that started this whole Christianity thing. Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac also worked very hard. Isaac also made a lot of money. Isaac was also mightily used of God. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Now Jacob had Isaac as his father, Abraham as his grandfather, and Jacob from a young age was taught to work hard. If you remember the story of Jacob, remember he deceived his brother, or deceived his father, lied about his brother, and all that mess happened there. And Jacob actually ran away from home, ran away to his uncle Laban's house. And when he ran away from home, Jacob, this rich kid, ran away with absolutely nothing. You understand the story? He ran away from home, his dad had money. His grandpa had money, but Jacob had nothing. Because of sin in his life, because of lying, because of being a deceiver, he ran away with nothing. But you know what he had? One thing. Work ethic. He knew how to work. And Jacob leaves home, has no money, but you know what happened to Jacob? Just like that, and just like grandpa, ended up a very rich man. And did not get it from his grandparents. Why? Because he knew how to work. See, the best thing you could do for your kids is not leave them a whole lot of money. It's just teach them how to work. Genesis 31. I want you to see the story. 
Jacob is now leaving Laban and has, has become a very wealthy man. And I understand that our goal in life might not be finances. But let me tell you something. The biggest reason why people can't serve God is because they're struggling financially. You can get your finances in order. God will help you. And we talked about that last week. Character and finances. Proverbs 31, verse 38. Proverbs 31, verse 38. This is, what, this is what Jacob said. This 20 years have I been with thee. Thy ewes and thy she goats have not cast their young. And the rams of thy flock have I not eaten. That which was torn of beast I brought not unto thee. I bear the loss of it. And by the way, there's a good lesson in business right there. You're a business person. You're doing work. And something happens wrong. And it doesn't go your way. You bear the loss. You don't take that over to your people that, are, that you're working for. He says, look, when something happened wrong, I bear the loss of it. My hand is out require of it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Verse 40. Thus I was. Now notice, Jacob's about to tell us the secret to his success. And it wasn't daddy gave me a loan. It wasn't grandpa sent me some money. It wasn't I got wired money from, from, from mom. Verse 40, thus I was. You want to you, you know what it takes to be successful in your career, to be successful in this life, to discipline yourself, to save money, to, to be able to work hard, to be able to leave something for your children and give them a work ethic and give them a goodly heritage like the Bible says. Genesis 31, 40, thus I was. Here's, here's Jacob's uh, secret to success. In the day the drought consumed me and the frost by night and my sleep departed from mine eyes. You know what he's saying? He said, I worked hard. He said, I wasn't comfortable. He said, I got up early. He said, I stayed up late. He said, I was cold. He said, I was hungry. He said, I was consumed by the drought. He said, I got to work, but guess what? God always blesses work. Amen. He said, well, Jacob was just born into a rich family, but he got none of his money from his rich family. But you know, they gave him something more valuable than money. They taught him how to get up and get to work. Proverbs 31, uh, Genesis 31, 41. Thus I have been twenty years in thy house. I served thee fourteen years for thy two daughters and six years for thy cattle. And thou hast changed my wages ten times. He said, look, you haven't been the greatest boss. But I work hard and God bless me. Go back to Proverbs 26, verse 10. Proverbs 26, verse 10. Proverbs 26, verse 10. A hard worker is open to correction. I preach a sermon like this every six months or so. We'll call it something different, but it's the same thing. Preaching against laziness. Why do you preach against laziness? Because a lot of people are lazy. You know what I've noticed, though, about preaching against laziness? It doesn't help the people that are lazy. You know why? Because lazy people always have an excuse why this doesn't apply to them. Proverbs 26, look at verse 16. Proverbs 26, verse 16. The sluggard, you think I'm making it up, it's in the Bible. Proverbs 26, verse 16. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. Seven wise men can come to you and tell you, look, the reason you're failing in life is because you sleep in every day. Because you don't get to work. Because you don't have any self-discipline. Because you don't have any character. Because you don't, you don't have any work ethic about you. And a slugger will say, Oh, that doesn't apply to me. Did, did you see that line? <laughs> There's a line out there. See, you can't correct a lazy person. That's why some of you are already thinking in your head, Well, uh, the reason that point number one didn't apply to me because of this, and point number two didn't apply to this because of this, and point number three didn't apply to me because of this. Look, if you're constantly making up reasons why something doesn't apply to you, maybe it's you. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. But a hard worker is always open to correction. Because you know what? A hard worker wants to learn how to work better. And if you could tell me how to be more effective, if you could look, if you could tell me, I'm the pastor of if you could teach me how to run this ministry more effectively, I'm open to hear it. Don't come trying to correct me in the ministry when you roll out of bed at 11.45 or day. <laughs> You'll say, well, Pastor Jimenez, you get up with Pastor Jimenez at 5 a.m. and you read the Bible and you pray and you study and you write sermons three times a week and then I'll listen to what you have to say. Go out soul winning with me 12, 15 hours a week and then I'll listen to what you have to say. Till then, get to work. Say, are you upset? I'm not upset at all. I'm actually looking forward to kicking ice cream. Point number three, how to treat your boss. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We've got to get through this week. I'm running out of time. 1 Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy. Remember we started in the, in the Thessalonians? Get to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let me give you a few things about how to treat your boss. How to treat your boss. you got a job, you need to learn how to treat your boss. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1. Let as many servants as are under the yoke, look what it says, count their own masters worthy of all honor. You ought to honor and respect your boss. That the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. When a Christian shows up to work and all they do is, you know, badmouth the boss, that is not a good testimony. 1 Timothy 6, 1. Look what it says. Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor. Why do you want to count your master worthy of all honor? That the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. 
You ought to honor and respect your boss. You ought to be thankful. Look, what's the last time you thanked your boss for giving you a job? A lot of people don't have this economy. Go to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, verse 9. Titus 2, 9. Titus 2, 9. Now, please understand, I'm not saying be a suck-up. I'm not saying be a, you know, a brown noser. But you ought to honor and respect your boss. Titus 2, 9. You're there in 1 Timothy? Go past 2 Timothy. Then you got Titus, Titus 2, 9. Look what it says. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters, and to, look what it says, please them well. You know that your job is to please your boss? Your job is to make sure your boss is happy. I'm talking about the guy that, writes your, that signs your paycheck. Too many people get this attitude, you know. If, if the boss says, hey, can you, can you clean this up over here? And you're the type of person that says, I wasn't hired to do that. You're not pleasing your boss. Your number one job is to please your boss. I did not say be a suck-up. I did not say, you know, be a, a puppy to your boss. You know, always telling him how nice he is and how good he looks or whatever. I'm not saying do that, but I'm saying your job is to make your boss happy. Exhort servants to be obedient under their own masters and to please them well in all things. Now notice this, not answering again. You know what not answering again means? Don't talk back to your boss. Honor and respect your boss. Don't talk back to your boss. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give you just some common sense. If your boss says do this, yes sir. If he's not asking you to lie or steal or cheat or sin against God, you do what your boss tells you to do. And if you don't like what your boss is telling you to do, then you go find another job. But what's wrong is for you to say, yeah, I'll get that done, but you had a bad attitude about it, or you're going to badmouth him you know, behind his back. That's not right. Don't answer again to him. Do what he's going to do. You don't have to turn here. Let me just read this for you. Philippians 2.14. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. That's what the Bible says. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. If you're going to do something, don't complain about it. If you're going to do it, just get it done. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're almost done. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to look at a few more verses. We're not. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're doing good on time. 1 Peter chapter 2. You ought to be the best worker at your job. You ought to be the best employee. And listen to me. If your boss is the worst boss ever, if your boss is the most incompetent, rudest, meanest individual, you just honor and respect him, and you don't talk back to him, and you just treat him the way that you just treat him like you would treat Jesus Christ. Remember? As unto the Lord. 1 Peter 2.18. 1 Peter 2.18. Servants, be subject to your master with all fear. Servants, be subject to your master with all fear. Now, here's what some people say. Well, I would be subject to my boss. You know, I would honor them if they were a good boss. Is that what the, but look, look what the Bible says. First Peter 13. Servants, be subject to your master with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. You know what the word forward means? To the, like the rude ones. The mean ones. You be subject to them if they're good and gentle, or if they're forward, if they're good, or if they're bad, if they're competent or they're incompetent. You treat them like you would treat Jesus Christ, because at the end of the day, you're not really working for them, you're working for Jesus Christ. Right. And He's the one that's going to promote you anyway. Right. He's the one that's going to bless you anyway. Go back to Proverbs 16. We said, number one, God has commanded all of us to work. Work is how you earn your keep. What we mean by work is not go get a job, but it means that whatever your place in life is, you ought to work hard at it. It's wrong to not work. And I I just want to reiterate that again. If you are being assisted by the government and you are working hard and you're trying to make better of your life, I am proud of you. I am glad for you. God bless you. But if you're, if you know, if people, you know, you preach like this and people know who they are. If your job is just, you're just going to live off the government for the rest of it, you have no desire to get, to do anything. You just want to be at home. And there are people that live like that. That is wrong. It is wrong to not work. A Christian's philosophy of work should be to work as unto the Lord. We talked about characteristics of a hard worker. Okay, let me give you one last, last couple thoughts. Are you there in Proverbs 16? Look at verse 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. We, you know who you should work the hardest for? Now look, all work is as unto the Lord, but you know who you should work the hardest for? God. Look, you, you say, well, Pastor Menace. 
I, I'm, a, I'm a hard worker. I mean, I get, when I get to work, I get to work. I work the whole time I don't work. I'm just like, I, I just work hard. I, and by the way, just, let me just say this. If you're the guy that is, is a hard worker at work, don't be the guy that's a hard worker constantly pointing out the people that aren't working. You let God take care of that. You let your boss take care of that. Your job is to get to work. Your job is not to be a snitch. I'm trying to give you some common sense stuff. Matthew 9. Matthew chapter 9. But you ought to work the hardest for God. People will say, I work really hard at work, but then they don't do anything for God. That's not right either. If you work hard for God as unto the Lord, then guess what? You ought to work hard for the Lord. The Bible calls it the work of the ministry. Are you there in Matthew chapter 9? Look at verse 37. Matthew 9, 37. Then saith he unto disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the, notice this word, laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth, look at this word, laborers into his harvest. You know that the ministry is hard work? You don't think it is? Go spend four hours with me tomorrow knocking on doors and tell me if it's not hard work. It's hard work. You say, I work hard all day at, at, at my job. You got to work hard for God too. If we work hard for, for, for filthy lucre's sake, if we were to work hard for mammon, we had to work hard for God. In fact, you ought, you ought to work the hardest for God. Amen. He says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. You ought to get, look, I'm not, do, do what you want. I'm not against you. I love you. I'm praying for you. But I'm telling you this. The person you ought to work the hardest for is God. He said, Pastor Minutes, I, I want to work at church. Hey, we, we would always use a soul winner. We can always use somebody to help us go out and knock on doors and preach the gospel. Uh, we, we, we got more doors than we can knock on. You say, you know, I, I, I want a job. Uh, okay, show up to work Saturday morning, 9.30 a.m. Be here sharp. Show up so winning, 4. Show up Sunday afternoon. You show, you show up whenever you want. Let, let us know when you want to come. We'll go out. Say, I want to work for God. So winning, that's the job. And by the way, that's the job that we all should do. God says He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Let me just give you a few examples about, you know, here are some jobs that you could do at church. If you're interested, just want to throw them out there. You know, well, you know, before I give you this list, let me give another. I, I, this sermon has been a whole lot of disclaimers. I guess I've just had a lot of issues lately. <laughs> I'm going to give you a job. I'm going to give you a list of things that someone, not everyone, but someone could do at church. Okay? Now, please understand this. Okay? I want to make this very clear. I'm giving you a list of possibilities. If you think you may be interested in one of these... Just because, or let me say it like this. Just because I'm going to mention these, and in your mind you say, I'd like to do that, that doesn't mean you have the job. <laughs> okay? If I mention something you could do, and you say, I think I'd like to do that. Okay. We may have to work something out, or we may have to see if you're the right person for the job. Okay? I, I'm saying, I, we have somebody, I preached a sermon on serving recently, we had somebody, you know, I, I, I told people, look, you, 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 we're going to give you a list, you can put things you're uh, maybe interested in, doesn't mean you get the job, it just means we know that you're, I mean, I literally had somebody quit the church, because they check marks something and they weren't chosen for the job, okay? If you, look, listen, listen to me very carefully. I've got three babies at home, I don't need any more. That's your mentality, you know, I'm going to quit, because I, like, I, I, can't, I can't deal with babies, you know, I, I can deal with adults, that's it, alright? And I'm not trying to offend you, I'm just saying, if, if that's where you're at in life, don't talk to me about it. Write me an email, I'll delete it. <laughs> okay, here are some jobs you can do, if you'd like to do. We could use ladies to make meals for families that are sick, or women that just gave birth that can't, you know, make meals for their family. We could use ladies that would make a meal for a family. Maybe a lady just gave birth to a child, and you can bring them a meal. We could use ladies to do that. That's something you could do. We could always use a, a, a van driver. Brother Ron and Brother Dan do a good job driving the van. Uh, Brother Dan drives the van on Sunday nights. Brother Ron drives the van on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. They don't complain about it, but I, I'd love to have one more van driver to drive on a Wednesday night for Brother Ron. That'd be good. We could have someone uh, clean the church between services on Sunday. The church is getting to the place where we make a mess every time we're here. So between Sunday morning, we have someone that cleans after Sunday. We have someone that cleans before Sunday. But someone to clean between the services would be a blessing. Uh, we could always use someone to p- uh, pick up uh, rides that are outside of the van route. We have uh, some people that come that can't be picked up by the van. We could always use somebody to help us with picking up rides outside of the van. We could always use more ushers. Can't have enough ushers. You know, there are things you can do. You say, Pastor Ben, I'd like to do something. Let me know. If you want to work, we'll give you something to do. 
You know, it may not be what you want. <laughs> you know, you're going to be pastor. Is, I would like to preach next Sunday morning. Probably not. <laughs> that, that job wasn't on the list. Okay. But we can always find something for you to do. I'm just saying this: you ought to work hardest for God. Amen. We ought to labor the most for God. Let me give you a few thoughts in conclusion. Okay. A few few things I, I I read somewhere. Hard workers get up. Hard workers show up. Hard workers hurry up. Hard workers shut up. And hard workers always, always, always move up. Spire our heads and I have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for our church, Lord. I pray that no one would be offended by a sermon like this, Father. We're just trying to teach the Bible and help people to develop more character in their lives. Father, every, every, every person, every individual from time to time struggles with laziness. We all do. Every single one of us. Help us to be motivated to work hard. Help us to be motivated to work at something every day. Maybe it's not a job, but help us to be motivated to work, to accomplish something. You've commanded us to work. From the Garden of Eden, you gave Adam and Eve jobs. We are meant to be creatures that work. Father, we love you. I pray that you bless every individual here. Help us to receive the sermon in the way, in the spirit in which it was given, Father. Help us to just uh, have a spirit of work, Lord. I pray that, that this church, that very Baptist church, whether people love it or hate it, I pray that this church would just be known for work. That we'd be known for being a group of people that just gets out there and labors for God. Father, please help us. Help us to develop work in our lives. Help us to develop character in our lives. Help us to develop self-discipline, self-control, self-denial. We love you, Father, in your precious name. Amen. Amen.